Thank you, Lord. Lord, we trust you and we lean on you. We lean on your faithfulness. We trust in your promises. And we know that you will carry us on through. For just like you've brought us through previous trials, storms, and tests, we are fully confident, Lord, you'll do it again. As we look to you and lean on you and put our trust in your unchanging word, we know you will show yourself faithful, you will show yourself strong, and the work you began, you will finish it in our lives. And for that we say, Jesus, thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you. We give you praise, we give you honor, and all God's people said, let's give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Oh, we put our trust in thee. You are a faithful God. You are a trustworthy Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Welcome to the house of the Lord. So good to see everybody out this morning. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. and Praise God. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, we want to continue. We just began last week a sermon series from the 11th chapter of Hebrews, looking at these heroes of faith. But we want to begin by building a good foundation. I want you to understand what Bible faith is. Some people assume things. Some people, you know, think because they had an education in the world, they can come into the house of God and figure things out on their own. But the people of God need to be taught They need to be taught from that book, not from what they think. And so we want to do our best to lay a good foundation of faith so that when we get to these heroes, we'll have a greater understanding and appreciation of the lives that God is commending and God is applauding. Because again, these men and women, young and old, in this 11th chapter, were people that God Almighty applauded. He he, he commended their faith. What he saw, he said, that was good. The life he saw, he says, I approve of that. And so if we're going to have role models, let's throw aside the athletes, let's throw aside um, Heli, I mean Hollywood, let's throw aside all that other foolishness, and let's look at the characters in the Word of God that the Almighty said, now these are men and women that you should strive to imitate their faith. Can you say amen to that? Hebrews 11 beginning with verse number one. And the Bible says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. God commended them. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. God spoke. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. There was nothing and God spoke and there it was. But this is part two of our introduction to this series. And our our title for these first two messages, Faith, a Luxury or a Necessity. Again, as we began this sermon series from Hebrews 11, we looked last week at verses 1 and 2, and we said it's more a description than a definition of faith. Those first two verses basically are telling us that Bible faith involves an assurance and a conviction of being sure and of being certain. Faith is absolutely certain, absolutely sure that what it believes is true and what it expects will come to pass. It shall come to pass. Faith is knowing 
that God is and who God is and what God has said is yes and amen. Our faith in God, your faith in God, your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is of greatest importance. You know, friend, you can lose a lot of things in this world, but don't lose your faith. Guard your faith, feed your faith, exercise your faith, build your faith, watch your faith. You know, Jesus spoke to Peter towards the end of the Gospel of Luke, right before the arrest and crucifixion, and it was like he was giving Peter and you and I a warning where he said, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. He wants to run you over. He wants to bring you through a trial. But Peter, listen, I, Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith faileth not. Jesus was letting us know your faith is of greatest importance. You can lose your job. You can lose your health. You can lose a friend. But friend, don't lose your faith. You lose your faith, you've lost everything. What is Bible faith? Faith that God approves of and faith that God accepts. We said last week, faith is belief. Trust in God and his word with the evidence, the expression of action. And obedience. You've got to have both things. We're, we're believing and trusting God. We're believing and trusting the word. But there's an evidence to it. There's an expression of obedience and action. Faith is confidence in God. That leads to obedience to God. True faith is based on what God says. It's demonstrated by what we do. I want to hear the word. Believe the word. And do the word. Can you say amen to that? Remember now, it's not faith in faith. We're not talking about faith in some higher power. Some faith in some lucky charm. It's faith in God. The true and living God. In what he has said. Believing. Trusting. Obeying. Now last week we made it clear that Bible faith. Faith that God approves. Bible faith is of the greatest eternal importance in our lives and we really looked at five things that we just gave quickly just to let everyone know how important this topic is what we're preaching on faith there's a lot of topics that are light topics there are a lot of topics that are light topics i want to pick on anyone i remember years ago someone spent wasted a sunday talking about how to balance your checkbook i said well the minute i got to go to church to learn that i might as well go down to the elks club or i might as well join the sons of italy i'll get more out of that can you say amen No, we come to open up our Bible, and there are certain issues and topics in the Bible that are more important than others. And faith is of greatest importance. We said, number one, if you want to get to heaven, you better understand Bible faith, because without faith, we're not going to receive the grace and salvation that God offers us. The Bible says, by grace have we been saved through faith. The grace of God sent Jesus to the cross. The grace of God opens his arms to whosoever will. But it's our faith that responds and believes that Christ died for me. And his salvation is what I need. I can't earn it. We got that next slide. There we go. Ephesians 2 and 8. Salvation comes. Then we said if you're saved and you want to please God, the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. That's what Hebrews 11 and verse 6 tells us. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because pleasing God means trusting God and obeying God and living according to the word of God. 
And so once somebody does something like die for you on the cross and salvation becomes real and you know the joy of forgiveness, man, you want to please this God. You want to serve him. You want to honor him. How do we do it? By faith. We found out it's by faith we overcome the world. We are in this world, but we're not of it. This is a fallen world. It's a hard world in many ways. But the Bible says, if you and I choose to walk by faith and not by sight, if we choose to live according to the word of God, believe the promises of God, build our lives upon the principles of God, we can live victoriously in this present fallen ugly world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith is what allows you and I. You can live this life even if everyone's backsliding around you. You can live this life even if all your friends are living sloppy and ugly. You can live pure in an impure world. You can live right in an unrighteous world. Can you say amen? Amen. But you do it by faith. We went on to say it's by faith that we're able to lift up like a shield. Paul said, and he used armor as an illustration. And he said, faith is kind of like having a Holy Ghost shield. That when the arrows of temptation, the arrows of intimidation, the arrows of fear try to assault you and try to knock you off course and take away your victory, you can lift up faith like a shield and say, I choose to believe God. I choose to trust God. I know God will make a way. And when that happens, those arrows are stopped. You are shielded. You are protected. How? By using your faith and making the choice, I will believe God. I've heard the report, but I believe God. I've heard the insult, but I believe God. I see the circumstance, but I believe God. Can you say amen to that? I'm going to sleep well tonight. Well, didn't you hear? Well, I heard the Bible says all is well. I'm going to believe God. We possess the promises by faith. Um, Can I use a simple illustration? Let's say your job has about a hundred benefits you never heard of. I mean, I mean, you could get your back cracked, the chiropractic, all free. You, you go once a year out uh, to the island and enjoy the beach, all free. It's all part of your job. And you work in there 20 years like a slave did, nothing. You didn't know you had it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't know what's in the book. They, they live in fear. They live in, they live unbelief. And they don't know the promises God gave them. These promises, but they're not received automatically. They're given by grace, but our faith reads it, believes it, and acts according to it. Amen? We can live different if we learn how to possess the promises of God. God said to his people one time, listen, I'm going to give you a promise land. You just go in and take the land and I'll give you the victory. But you know what? They chose not to believe God. They said, even though God said it and we know God can do it if he wants to, we're not going to act on it. We're not going to believe it. And they suffered 40 years, people of God, but they suffered 40 years needlessly. And many times Christians suffer needlessly when and they can get a promise, stand on a promise, believe a promise, and watch the power of God work in their lives. Amen. So this week we come to this point. What kind of faith? Laying a foundation to walk through these mighty men and women. But what kind of faith did the men and women of Hebrews 11 have? What kind of faith did God approve of? And did God applaud? Number one, they had a faith that acted. The book, the Acts of the Apostles, well, the apostles acted, amen. They had a faith that acted. 
You know, um, real faith is something lived out. It's not just something talked about. It's not just something debated. It's not just a philosophy that we play with. Real faith is lived out in the life. I mean, faith is more than just mentally agreeing with something. Faith is more than just intellectually saying, I can see that point. Faith is more than just being emotional, having a stirring, whether it's a tear or whether it's a shout. It's more than just a confession without a reality. Many people know how to speak Christianese, especially in Bible Belt. They know how to speak Christianese, living like the devil, but know how to speak Christianese. Such talk won't save you. Such talk won't get you into heaven. It's got to be more than a talk. There's got to be a walk. Can you say amen? Faith's got to walk, not just a talk. Woo! Bible faith. Faith that God applauds and accepts. Faith that will survive divine scrutiny. This faith involves obedience to the word of God. Notice the verbs. For you and I that weren't English majors, those are action words. Notice the action words. In Hebrews 11, Abel offered a sacrifice. Noah built an ark. Abraham left friends, family, business, his country, and followed. Moses faced Pharaoh. Joshua marched around Jericho. Gideon and Samson fought many times outnumbered. And when they did, God brought the walls down. God gave Abraham a promised son. God kept Noah and his family safe in that storm. And I want you to note the blessings, the rewards of heaven, the rewards of God came upon the doing, not just the knowing or not just the hearing. But in the doing comes the reward. And if you and I are to run the race of faith, we must be doers. Of the word of God. Again, talk is. You, I'm going to say it again. Talk is. Got to be doers of that word. That's the faith. That's the faith God's looking for. God is looking for men and women of action. Men and women that will respond to his voice. That will live by his book. That will trust in his faithfulness. Number one, action. They acted. They did something. You know, one of my, I love that story from the Gospels, Mark 2. Remember the four men that carried their paralyzed friend to Jesus? Remember that story? They, they carried, he was lame, paralyzed, and they brought him to Jesus, and they get to where Jesus is, and, and there's such a crowd. Jesus was such a preacher. The crowd came, it was so, they couldn't get in the house. The door was jammed. The windows were filled with people sitting there. These men would not be deterred, so, you know, they carried him to the roof. Remember that? In Bible days, those roofs were flat. They'd sometimes use them to sit at night when the weather got cooler. They were more dirt and sticks and what do you call them, branches that they built the roof. So they dug through the roof to bring him, lay him down to the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, he healed their friends. And I pray, ladies and gentlemen, may God see some faith in us. May we give Jesus some faith that he can see, that heaven can witness. Let's be more than just talkers of the word. Let's be doers of the word. Let's be more than people that just sing about the goodness of God. Let's go forth through the world and display the greatness of God and display the power of God and display the reality of God that has transformed our lives. Action. That's action. Tear through the roof. 
Number one, they acted. Number two, what kind of faith did they have? They had a faith that obeyed God in spite of. This is where we lose a lot of people. This point is where people backslide and go back to the world. This is where they leave. This is where. Number two, what kind of faith did they have? They had a faith that obeyed God in spite. Feelings within, circumstances without, consequences before. There is a challenge and a cost to this life of faith. Again, some turn back here. Some say the price is too great. We see it in Jesus' ministry. He started to put some demands on his disciples. Some went back. Sometimes we find out God has some yeas and God has some nays. And they turn back. We think about it. This is cooperation. We have to co- Men and women of faith are cooperating with God. If he says build an ark, we're building. If he says leave them and follow me, we're leaving and we're following. If he says um, believe my promise, even if it's um, totally impossible in the natural, we believe the promise of God. If he says fill the jars with water, we fill them. He says, cast the net. We cast the net. Why? Because faith has an obedience in spite of our feelings within. Think about these men and women that God is applauding in Hebrews 11. Think about them emotionally. Ever walk through a Red Sea? I mean, can you imagine? Hey, Reuben, I hope this thing holds. This is kind of freaky. I mean, this is, we, God will bring us through areas where he calls us to walk past that emotionally. We say, man, I'm not, I hope God, hope God keeps me in this. How about Abraham? God says, after believing, for a son. Give me your son. Whew. Lord, that's asking a lot on a man. Whew. That'll tear your heart. Sometimes God asks you to lay down something. It's not easy emotionally. Men and women of faith obey in spite of their emotions. How about the circumstances? Obey God. Fighting with torches and trumpets. How about that? outnumbered about a zillion to one. You think God would send an angel? God would give us a bazooka, but instead God gives us some crack pots. Isn't that right? He says, take those pictures, put the lanterns in, shout and yell, oh my Lord. How about the prophets? So many had to stand alone and face the crowds. Circumstances were hard. Circumstances did not look convenient to faith, but they believed and obeyed God. Daniel prayed when a lion's den was his reward. Friend, it's not always easy to be a man or woman of faith. Remember, faith acts and faith obeys. Faith cooperates with God in spite of all these things that are contrary. In spite of all these things that would try to discourage and defeat and give us an excuse to turn back. Faith says, I'll accept no excuse to turn back. I've made up my mind. I love the Lord Jesus. I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to obey Him. Even if i got to lose a friend along the way, I love Jesus more than man. Even if others don't agree with me, I love Jesus more than their acceptance. I love the Lord and I choose to follow him and serve him the best that I can. Can you say amen? That's faith. That's faith. Faith acts. Faith cooperates. Faith in the written word. Faith even when God speaks to our hearts. Oh my. You know, sometimes the Holy Ghost gives you a little prodding in the spirit. Then it's up to you to obey that prodding. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will convict someone. 
about their doing something. God wants them to stop it. And you can see them wrestling with it. God wants you to come and lay it down and say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm not going to do it anymore. Other times God is prodding and dealing and gently pushing us to step out in obedience and do something. Some obey. That's faith. Others make excuses and don't want to get out of their comfort zone. We're talking about these men and women, these heroes. They obeyed God in spite of things that would have caused others to turn back. That would have given others excuses not to follow after God. They were heroes that had a faith that obeyed in spite of the emotion, in spite of the circumstance, in spite of possible consequences that lay before them. If I do this, what will happen? What if? Faith threw away the what ifs. Faith trusts God. The consequences, you know, when Moses rejected and refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, when he chose to identify with the people of God, friend, it cost him, did it not? It caused him to reject the privilege in the natural. It caused him to choose a new identity. It might cost you to take a stand for Christ. It might cost you to come out of your old friends and your old relationships and say, from now on, I am a child of God. From now on, I am a follower of Christ. And whatever happens, let it happen. I made up my mind. Oh, the world behind me and the cross before me. No turning back. That's faith. Faith. Faith is more than the choo-choo train trying to get up the hill. I think I can. I think I can. No, 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 no. Faith. The three Hebrews, they had good jobs, government jobs. Isn't that wonderful? Had a good salary, had a comfortable living. But they refused to bow and go the way of the crowd. And it cost them consequences, a fiery furnace. You see, friend, it won't always... You won't always know what's down the path of faith. But you can rest assured the Lord will be with you every step of the way. I'll say it again. When we walk by faith, we're not walking by sight. We're not walking by agreement. You know, some people, they won't step out and obey God unless they know everything. That's not faith. They'll go very little. In the ministry, they'll go nowhere. They'll go nowhere. Faith hears the voice of God, says, Lord, if you're with me, that's all that matters. Bring it on. Amen. That's all that matters. If God be pleased with us, Caleb said, that's all that matters. Some people won't move. Some people won't move. Oh, no. I'll say it again. You won't always know what's down that path of faith. But you can rest assured, child of God, the Lord will be with you every step of the way. He'll never forsake you. He will not forget you. When the way gets hard, he'll be there. When the trial gets hot, he'll be there. My Lord. These heroes from Hebrews 11, I love it, men and women, young and old, all different people, different personalities, different temperaments, but all men and women of faith who heard the word, believed the word, and obeyed the word. Can we say that again? Heard the word, Believed the word, obeyed the word. Oh, my, my, my. They didn't deny feelings. God didn't say deny your feelings. He said just trust me and obey me in spite of your feelings. Amen? We'd be crazy to deny our feelings. You can't deny what's real. It's there, Lord. But God is greater than my feelings. 
He didn't say deny feelings. And, he, and they couldn't change their circumstances. Wish I could. If I could pray it away, I will. But sometimes you can't. And you just got to walk on, trusting the Lord, loving the Lord, knowing that your God is a faithful God and he'll bring you through. They couldn't predict the consequences. We don't know. We don't know why God takes one and delivers another. We don't know why God answers this prayer. And it seemed like he didn't answer that prayer. Don't know. But we know God's good. And we know God's faithful. And we know God will bring us through. Can you say amen to that? These men and women, in spite of not knowing these things, they chose. And we must choose to trust God and obey God. And God saw them through. And friend, God will see you through somebody. God will see you through somebody. You believed a lie a long time ago. And you've kind of got lukewarm in your Christianity. You know it. You've got excuses for it. You've got, you can defend it. But I'm telling you, God wants you to get with the program. God wants you to get on fire and begin to do things you used to do. To begin involved with sincerity and a diligence like you once did. Friend, don't believe the lies of the devil. He'll give you excuses to put it in coast. God doesn't want you coasting. He wants you running hard in this race of faith. He wants you doing what he's called you to do. He wants your participation. He doesn't want your hesitation. He wants you to follow him and obey him and give your life wholeheartedly to do the work of God. God will see you through. If you'll trust the Lord and your faith will not go unnoticed or unrewarded by God. The life of faith. We've got to talk about this. It's not always easy. It's not always popular. It doesn't always go down the path of least resistance. It's not always accepted by the crowd. But it's the path and it's the way that God applauds. And God approves. And heaven rewards. It's the path God wants for you and I. It's the narrow way. It's a way where you can't see it, but you trust God in spite of everything. Knowing that in the end, he'll hold your arm up high. Knowing in the end, he'll have a crown of righteousness with your name on it. I want to walk by faith. So many people want the great blessings of faith, but they only want to invest very little. In the walk of faith. Isn't that right? I want to invest a nickel. I want God to give me a hundred dollar a blessing. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that, does it? Amen. You want the, you want the big catch? You better cast that net. You want Jericho to come down, act the fool, and follow God and walk around. Amen. But no one will understand. Mama laugh. Let mama laugh all she wants. Amen. God said to do it. Step out and do it. Abraham, how can you leave grandma? Grandma, don't leave. We all live down this street. No one can move from this street. You want to obey God? You better get up and get going. Follow God. Can you say amen to that? Are you getting the point here? We're trying to call men and women deeper faith. Deeper faith. Our faith has to go beyond, I ask Jesus into my heart. Our faith has to go beyond just merely saying, I believe that Bible. We've got to live that Bible. And let's go beyond even the written word. There is the speaking of the Spirit to our hearts where God prods us and God speaks to us. I'll never forget the first church I took. What a mess. Good people, but no, it's a mess. Couldn't pay anything. We left Brother Shambach our first time. We were both making good money there. My 20s, just in my 20s, running his services. 
making good money. I mean, seeing miracles on a daily basis, traveling all over the country. God says, time to go back to go pastor. Okay, Lord, time to pastor. Went to a church, didn't own a building. There were maybe 30, 40 of them. Sweet people. Sat down with them. I said, what's your financial situation? Poor guy across the table at me, their treasurer, just put his head down. Eyes were teary. And he just pushed the book across the table and showed me. <laughs> My salary was nothing. How do you like that? Sometimes I say, I don't know how far I've come. But anyway, the salary is nothing. No, I'm not a penny. Oh. But God, all of a sudden, God touched my heart. Didn't hear a voice, but something come all over me. I was weeping more than he was weeping. I'm looking at three broken people. I mean, we're in a warehouse. It wasn't even a nice warehouse. Leaking here and this. And God said, leave Brother Shambach. I just go in the biggest churches in the country. You name them, all the TV churches. Sitting on the front row, just having church with thousands of people every night. He goes, go, go pastor them. I wept. They wept. And then I got a job. Work security. A couple of years, we get that till faith. Started filling that place. And God started working mighty things. Well, you see, faith is not just nodding your head. That's the first step. Let's obey the leading of the Spirit. When God says give, I give. When God says serve, I serve. When God says speak, I speak. When God says stop that, I stop that. Are you with me? This is faith. This is the life of faith. This is where God is looking for people to follow him and walk with him and trust him and believe him. Oh, my, 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 my. So mark this down. Your faith, my faith, will be tested. But don't be afraid when the test and the challenges come. The life of faith will have its challenges. It did for these men and women that God applauded. Remember, a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. But God, here's the key, God will use these challenges to teach us, to strengthen us, to enlarge in us, to prove us to promote us, to prepare us for even greater things. You study the lives of these men in faith. You watch how God started here and he built it up. He didn't just throw a great test at once. It started with smaller things. And as they obeyed God, their faith grew. As they learned how to follow God, their ability to hear God grew. And that's what God will do for all of us. That test is God wanting to take you to another level. But if you don't pass the test... Not like the school system. God don't just pass you because he's tired of looking at you. God said, no, you don't pass the test. You go back and repeat the grade. Some people in the church have been repeating third grade for about 20 years. My Lord, it's about time we obey God and say, God, if you're dealing with an area in my life, I'm going to lay it down. If you're dealing with something you want me to do, Lord, I'm going to do it. Talking about faith. I mean, there is. There is a challenge to faith. Amen? Let me give you some examples. Are you ready? I mean, sometimes. Abraham left all. 75 years old. Left the business. Left cousins, nieces, nephews. Left a lot back there. Amen? Left his friends. He lived there all his life. He left it, right? Obey God. Where are we going, God? Just follow me. Obeying when he didn't know where God was. He just followed God. Didn't know where God was to follow God. Amen. God said, I got a promised land for you. 
Oh, it's going to be a blessing. You're going to bless the world. He followed God. What a step of faith. And he got to the promised land. And you know the first thing he saw in the promised land? A famine. Can you imagine that? In the will of God, a famine. Where's all this milk and honey you're talking about, Lord? It's a famine. You ever obey God? And it cost you, and it stretched you, and finally when you got to the place of obedience, you said, my Lord, did I miss God? This is the will of God? Yeah, famine in the will of God. How about that? He's testing his faith. Are you only going to obey me when things turn out real quick? But will you obey me when things get hard? Will you stick with me when things are uncertain? Will you keep praising me even when it's not easy? Moses obeyed God. Do you remember that? He stirred up the courage. God gave him some signs and throw the stick down and all that. And finally he gets the courage to go to Pharaoh. He goes to Pharaoh and says, in the name of the Lord, let my people go. Remember what happened? He didn't let them go. He just got mad and made the work even harder on the people. You see the church looking at Moses. Thanks for nothing, Moses. We'll deliver us like you. I don't know. I don't know how chosen we are. <laughs> That's what happened, Moses. It got worse. Some people turned back. Some people said, I, I give up. How about Daniel? A man of faith. He's an old man. Been praying all his life. All of a sudden, they say you can't pray anymore. He says, well, I've been praying all these years. I'm going to get down on these bony knees and keep praying like I always did. And he stayed faithful and prayed. You'd think God would reward that, wouldn't you? He rewards faithfulness, don't he? Well, some men got jealous when they saw that. They were jealous of Daniel. They told the king on him. The king throws him in the lion's den. I assure you, he was not praying for a trip in the lion's den. Amen? I assure you, whatever he was praying about, it wasn't, oh God, please send me to the lion's den. You know, I heard, you ready for this one? If I say old timers, you won't get offended, will I? All right. I've heard more than one old timer say to me, getting old, not for sissies. I'll tell you what, the life of faith is not for sissies either. I had a mentor of mine, this man of God, he used to preach, if you're a sissy, go ahead and serve the devil. God's looking for men and women who are not afraid of a conflict, who are not afraid to take a stand, who are not afraid to be unashamed of Jesus and live holy in this unholy world. They had a faith. They had a faith that acted. Oh God, let our faith be seen. They had a faith that obeyed in spite of. It's easy to obey when things are going good. Isn't that right? It's easy to obey when everything's good. When things get pressure, things get then, then, uh uh-oh, uh-oh. But real men of faith, this is what separates the men from the boys. You want to grow up in God? You got to obey God in spite of. Emotion within, circumstance without. Hmm. They acted in faith. They obeyed in spite of. But they had a faith, number three, that was properly focused. Cooperation, concentration. Our faith in Jesus Christ, in his unchanging word. Our faith, Hebrews 12 In verse 2, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's talking to those. He's saying, if you want to run this race of faith, 
and you want to be a finisher, and you want to triumph, and you want to serve God, and hear God say, well, please, my, my, my faithful servant, and look, and here's the key. You got to make sure you don't hit a broken focus. You got to guard your faith from the things that are going to try to distract you and derail you and discourage you. But there's many things out there. The devil knows often he can't just take you head on. So he'll try to distract you. He'll try to get you off focus. He'll try to get you running after your tail. But the Bible says to those runners of faith, they say, now listen, if you want to be a finisher, you've got to have the focus of faith. You've got to have a concentration of faith. Looking unto Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. Despising its shame. He's now seated at the right hand of the Father. It's saying if we're going to have a faith that finishes the race. We've got to stay focused on Jesus. We've got to stay focused on his word. Things will come that will try to distract us. That will tempt to seduce us. We've got to say, "Uh uh-uh, world. I'm not following the tempter. Uh Uh-uh, world. I'm not listening to your threats. I've chosen to fix my eyes on Jesus, put my trust in the Lord, and I know he's going to bring me through. Can you say amen to that? Look at the example of Jesus who endured the cross. Friends, some crosses we just got to endure. I don't like it any more than you do. I wish I could fast forward through parts of life. Isn't that right? If I could spend $100 or some charlatan on TV and have my troubles go away, I'd get cheap, cheap for 100 bucks. Of course, that joker get enough 100 bucks to live in a mansion, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> get away from them notes, you never know what's going to come out. Amen. Nothing you got to endure. I look around here. You know, you pastor long enough, you get to know a lot of people's stories. A lot of people would have backslid for a lot less than what you've gone through. A lot of people would have given up on God for a lot less than what you went through. God applauds that. God's pleased with faith. Faith means you're still here and you've gone through hell and then. Hell threw the kitchen sink at you. You could have given up, sucked your thumb, and said, God's not real. You said, devil, you're a liar. I'm going to praise him in the good times. I'm going to praise him in the bad times. You prayed and scratched your head and wondered why God didn't answer. But you didn't give up on praying. You're still here at prayer meeting. You're still trusting God. You stood on the word before. And for some reason, the promise that you wanted, that you desired, it didn't come to pass. But you didn't give up on your Bible. You're still loving your word and believing your word and walking according to why. You're enduring the cross, despising the shame. And just like Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, one glad morning, woo, you'll be seated with Him. You'll rejoice with Him. You'll enter in. This is a race of faith. This is a journey. This is a battle. This is a fight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, this is faith. We're going to study these men and women. They went through some things that others would have given up on God. 
Others would have turned back on God. Others would have stopped believing God. But they kept trusting God. They kept following God. They said, no matter what, I might get knocked down. I'm going to get back up and follow God. I might take a wrong turn. When I find out, I'm going to get back. Forget that GPS. I'm going to get Holy Ghost GPS. Get back on track and follow God. I might make a mistake. Join the club. I'm going to get forgiveness. I'm going to get washed afresh in that blood. And then I'm going to get back into that race. Can you say amen? They had a faith that was properly focused. Jesus is the source of our strength. And that's when you start getting lukewarm. When you're looking at your sorrow instead of your Savior. I don't mean to be mean. I'm just trying to give you some truth. I'm telling you, something bad happened to your grandkids and you haven't been the same in four years. Sorrow is real. Don't let it curse you forever. Amen? Come on. We can all just have a pity party. First church of the pity party. Can't live like that, can we? Not if we believe what that book says. Not if we believe what that book says. We can't just say we believe and then not live it. Isn't that right? Properly focused. See, what you're, the object of your faith is of greatest importance. You can believe with all your heart that chair is going to save you. You're not going to get saved. Amen? You can believe with all your heart that the law of gravity will not apply to you. And you can jump off the roof, but you're going to break your neck. So our belief doesn't matter if it's not in the right thing. But they're sincere. If you're sincerely wrong, you're still sincerely wrong. So our faith has to be in the Word of God, in the God of the Word. Amen? Isn't that right? And that's why Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in the living God, the almighty God. Oh, the wonderful God, the faithful God, the holy God. Amen. Have, have faith in that God that knows the end from the beginning, that makes the rough places smooth and the crooked places straight. Have faith in the God of the Bible. Have faith in the God that spoke and the worlds came in. Have faith in that God that sent his only begotten son to die in our place, to die for our sins, to shed his blood that we could be forgiven. Your faith is. The object of your faith. Some have faith in their skills. Some have faith in their good works. Some have faith in their church. Some have faith in their buddies. Some have faith in their bank accounts. None of those things will get you into heaven. None of those things will survive the divine scrutiny of God. There's only one sacrifice. It's the sacrifice of Jesus. There's only one word. It's the one you got in your lap. Amen. And, and the the Bible, Paul and the apostles, they stressed this to the early church. They had to know you're not saved by bowing down and making a sign. You're not saved just because you got your name on the membership roll. Amen? You're not saved just because you can repeat the right things. You've got to have a faith. And we said before, faith is not just mentally agreeing. Faith is a living out. Faith is a living out. Amen? I'll never forget a buddy of mine. He had, he had a cousin. And, and this cousin, if you were to ask him the Gospels, he could rattle off them tracts. Remember the tracts people used to give out in the 70s and 80s? I like tract ministry. I did a lot of tract ministry. But he could, he, could, he could rattle it off. 
Now, he is no more saved than the chair you're sitting in, but anyway, he could wrap. But he worked at, everybody, I'm dating ourselves. Remember when they used to pump gas at gas stations? All right. Well, well, he worked at a gas station, and he looked like one of those guys that needed to be witnessed to, if you know what I mean. You look at him, and you say, oh, that man, he's the Lord. Amen. And so, so many people had witnessed to him that he could pretty much quote the tracks. A, I, A, admit I'm a sinner. B, believe that Jesus died for my seed. Confess with your mouth. I'm saved. He wasn't no more saved that chair. I'm telling you, he, he wouldn't pretend to be saved. But he could tell you. I pray down the way he got saved. But I'm just saying, I remember back then he wasn't saved. Amen? So it's not even, it's a faith that believes right, but also behaves right. Because my believing, if it's real, should affect my behaving. But Paul stressed this. Go ahead and look at Galatians 2 and 15. Galatians 2 and 15. And he's trying to say, you got to get your focus. It's got to be faith in Christ. Faith in his word. Check this out. Paul says, now listen, church. Know that a man or a woman is not justified, not made right with God. Amen? Not made right with God by observing being the law, any law. You can't have your own code of ethics and try to get yourself into heaven. You can't make up your own rules and say, well, these are good rules. Uh Uh-uh. But how do we do it? But by faith in, in what? Jesus Christ. Not not faith in faith, not just faith in merit, not just faith in grandma's a good lady and grandpa was a pastor of Third Assembly of God somewhere. No, no, no. But faith in Jesus Christ. So we too, Paul says, listen, this is our testimony as apostles. We're no different. So we too have put Our faith in Christ Jesus. Our faith goes where? In Christ Jesus. You want to get to heaven, your faith has to go in? Your believing will affect your behaving. That faith can be seen. If there hadn't been a change, there hadn't been any real faith. Faith produces a new creation. A new creation has a new appetite, a new nature, a new demonstration. All right. Know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by, number one, faith in Jesus Christ. So we, too, have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified, made right before God. How? By faith in Christ. That's how we get saved. And not by observing the law, but by observing the law, any law, no one will be justified. So make sure if you plan on going to heaven, the only way you'll go to heaven It's not just by being a relatively speaking morally good person. Not by just merely going to a church and becoming a member and doing good deeds. The only way we go to heaven is by faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross. Amen? But now if we study what we've been reading, we find out that faith is more than just mentally agreeing with that. We do agree with it. We understand it. We believe it. But then we live different because of it. Because we believe that now I'm following Christ. I'm doing my best to obey Christ. I'm being led by his word. His word now governs my life. And his spirit that's within me helps me to obey, helps me to change. It's not an overnight deal. I'm saved immediately, but that transformation, you know that we're all on this journey, amen? All of us are under construction. No one's arrived yet. If you've arrived, we're going to watch you walk on water after service, amen? No, we're all, but we're going forward, aren't we? We're seeing change, aren't we? Because God is working in us. Come on, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, God is good. I said God is good. Hallelujah. 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 
Somebody watch your focus. Watch your focus. Tell someone, watch your focus. How did Peter sink? He lost his focus. Come on, say amen to that. Think about it. Think about it. You thought I was making that up, didn't you? Peter's a man of God, was he not? He heard the words of Jesus. He didn't make that up, did he? Jesus said, come. He got out and he was doing wonderful. What happened? What happened? What happened? The winds and what happened? He, He lost his focus, didn't he? He stopped looking at Jesus and he looked at the thing that frightened him, the circumstance. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? And as soon as he did, lead balloon, boom. From one minute, walking on top of the thing that feared him, walking miraculously, because he's focused on Jesus, obeying the word. Peter didn't make this up. He wasn't tempting the Lord. Remember, faith come by hearing that word. He heard the word, believed the word, obeyed the word. As long as he stayed focused, doing good. A lot of times Christians start doing good. Are you with me? And something comes and distracts. Well, it, it could be a real hurt. We're not belittling that. But I want you to know Jesus is a healer. I used to do a lot of men's ministry years ago. And I always tell men everywhere I go, watch your weariness and watch your woundedness. If you want to see men in the Bible that fell, great men. They had a collapse. Either they grew weary, and when you look for rest in the long places, you wind up with your head in Delilah's lap. You've got to find the right places for refreshing and renewing. Because life will drain you. The fight of faith will drain you. So you've got to know where to get. All right. But watch your woundedness. Because a hurting man is a dangerous man. A hurting, a dangerous flashes on when I'm hurt. Self-defense mode. When I feel threatened, self-defense mode. My family's under attack. Self-defense. Forget everything. Logic flies to China. Amen? Back to animal instincts. Watch your woundedness. Don't suppress it. Take it to Jesus. And say, Lord, heal me. Her walking out on me wounded me. Getting Shafted at the job, wounded me, and I'm angry. But I don't want this anger to embitter me. I don't want this anger to poison me. I don't want to revert back to that old man I used to be who was driven by anger and revenge and all that. I don't know about you, but I'm just, let me talk my talk. Amen? So, so we're all going to get, we get hurt all the time in life. We just have to go to our great physician. Men, watch what you do with your weariness. Watch what you do with your woundedness. Because if you try to heal those the wrong way, fill those the wrong way, you'll you'll take yourself down a wrong road. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to follow Christ and be a finisher. I've got to keep my focus on the source of my strength. And things will try to distract me. Things will try to discourage me. Things might try to hit me to make me want to give up. But I've got to keep looking to, looking to Jesus, calling on Jesus, trusting in Jesus. When I miss it, I get forgiveness and I get back in the race. Amen? If I wake up and I found out I drifted, I say, Lord, forgive me. And as soon as I can, I get back and get back in the race. Amen? Because that's the other trick of the devil. Once he gets you out there and you wake up and you feel bad, then he says, you're too far. You've messed up too many times. Just stay there. The devil is a liar. You might be listening to me today and you messed up big time. You know you messed up. 
But you don't got to stay in that place. You can come back. You can receive forgiveness. God is a good God. If we'll confess that sin and turn from that sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and give us a fresh start and get us going again. Can you say amen? amen. I got to stop. We try to cover this morning what kind of faith do these men and women have? Faith that acted, faith that obeyed, and a faith that was properly focused. Now, that was point one. So I think Wednesday I'm going to try to teach point two. But the second point was something like this. How did their faith, how does our faith, how does it grow and how does it work? And the thoughts were simply this. The revelation of the word, the relationship with the word, the response to the word, and finally the reward from the word.